Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life. Last time, we're still talking about the abyss. Last time we left off with the... We were talking about the age of the planet and the obviousness of some event, some catastrophic event, some cataclysmic event that had obviously taken place on this earth. The Bible doesn't give us a lot of detail. We know two we know from two areas, two sources that that it did occur. First of all, God creates everything good, acceptable, and perfect. His will is says is good, acceptable, and perfect. It says in Romans twelve one, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So God has a good will, an acceptable will, and a perfect will. Okay? Now, don't mistake that with himself. That's in his relationship to things outside of himself. The things outside of himself that he that he calls good. I mean, we see that with... Um, uh, the creation of man, creation of the planet. God said it was good. He didn't say it was perfect. He said it was good. And we see with acceptable, it says Cain brought an offering unto the Lord in the fullness of time. Cain brought an offering unto God of the fruit of the land. And it says that God accepted him not, neither his offering. So it was unacceptable. It doesn't say it wasn't a good offering, but it was an unacceptable offering. And then it says we have Jesus who who told us to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And um, very interesting verse of scripture. And it's one that we will definitely get to. Perfection in the Christian life, is it possible? Live an overcoming life? Live a life that is predominantly free from sin? Free from evil thoughts? A freedom that is amazing. Your conscience is sound asleep. A happy little baby, sound asleep. Warm and cuddly. Where your consciousness is based is based in righteousness. Is that possible? Absolutely it's possible. It's the reason I'm doing this podcast. But in order to get to that, we have to lay a little bit of a foundation. And you can't, uh, you can't, firemen can't get people to run out of a house unless they know that the house is on fire. So first of all, we've got to lay a foundation of what the problem was and then what God's remedy for that problem is. And the remedy for the problem is the Lord Jesus Christ. I, you could go into any church, any time, and you're going to hear that said. Unfortunately, the private and secret sins that are in the lives of the believers who are sitting there is a tragedy and it's a, and it's a sadness and sorrow that is unnecessary. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And we're going to get to that. We're going to have a lot of fun getting there. But today we're talking, we're continuing our talk on the abyss. 
this all prevailing evil and darkness that seems to surround us, just everything we touch, everywhere we look, we see it. In the natural, scientists call this an entropy or just essentially the second law of thermodynamics. It's the movement from order to disorder. It has to be counteracted. It has to be counteracted. Um, a refrigerator is a great example of the sense of decay that we can see in the natural. Uh, if you were to buy a plane, or I mean, sorry, if you were to buy uh, uh, some meat and put it in the in the in a in a metal box, it would rot. But if you put it in that metal box and you add to it three things, you add to it a a um, uh, electricity and a compressor that cools some substance, in this case Freon, you can counteract the natural decay of that meat. Gravity is another example that has to be counteracted by thrust and lift. If you add thrust and you add lift, you can have a Boeing 747 fly up in the sky. Take away the thrust, take away the lift, it falls like a rock. The Christian life is very much like that. Only the Christian life is different in this aspect, that there's something here, there's a malevolent evil here that is keeping you all of the time from your peace with God and, and your sense of fulfilling the will of God. There's a, there's a tendency inside of the believer that seems to be opposing any efforts that they have in their movement towards God. And I want to say that, that it doesn't just affect that. You make a decision that you're going to lose 50 pounds and all of a sudden you watch what happens. The temptation to eat, the the tendency, all of the things will begin to... I mean, you're going to go for a tiny bit, a little while with willpower. And then that willpower is going to erode. And then you're going to find yourself right back where you started. The same thing affects somebody who decides that they're going to save money. The same thing affects... It doesn't matter what you do. You can go buy a brand new car and you can take care of it and you can polish it, wash wash it, wax it. You can just take care of it. And no matter what you do, you're going to find that that car is going to begin to rust. And what we're going to talk about today is what is the source of that, where it came from and what it does. And the source of it is what the Bible clearly calls the law of sin and death. I call it a death principle. You can call it what you want. There is a death principle here on this earth that does not stop. It does not stop. It it is a constant. It's 24 hours a day. It doesn't matter where you go. Um, some, someone, uh, with an addiction, it doesn't matter. They can get on a plane, fly around the other, the other end of the country, and they're going to find the addiction there. You're going to find political government, uh, corruption in government. It doesn't matter where you go. And the law of sin and death is very, very much like gravity. And what I mean by that is it has, it doesn't make a distinction. It has a personality like character. The law of sin and death appears to act like a person. You ever heard the term mother nature, where we look at nature in general and we say, you know, there almost seems to be a personality like characteristic to it. We know that there isn't a mother nature. We know that gravity is not a person, but it behaves in a very predictable manner. Though it's a law, it seems to have personality like characteristics. 
and the law of sin and death is exactly the same. The law of sin and death is a death principle that was released in this earth when Lucifer rebelled. Lucifer was on this earth and as a and 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 he had a rank of angels that were with him. And they would go periodically to the throne of God and they would receive direction, they would receive instruction. But here's the thing that that will amaze you. They never saw God. They never they never saw him. They would they would they would get he would get destruction or instructions from him but he never saw him and the same pattern occurs when we see adam we talked about that a bit in the fall and it'll be in it'll be sprinkled through lots of what we talk about but we see the same thing with adam it says that adam walked and talked with god in the cool of the day it's interesting that after he fell they hid themselves remember adam male and female hid themselves in the bushes and then and then god came calling for them and they said, we heard the sound of your voice in the garden. We heard, the, we, we heard the sound of your voice walking in the garden. The relationship, the viewpoint that they had of him, of God, wasn't him seated on the throne. The creative power of all eternities was not what they interacted with. Any more than the believer interacts with that now. In a fully redeemed state. You've been that Jesus Christ has completely paid. He's taken away every single barrier between you and God. And we still have the unction, that leading, the still small voice. We still have the, you know, we still have the inner voice of the Holy Spirit and the scriptures to follow. We're still instructed and directed by the words. You notice that? Your relationship with God is primarily based in words. That's why some of these theories that are around now, deconstruction theory and, you know, how postmodern, how destructive they are, because we've replaced words with images. We've replaced words with images. Short videos and, and, and little social media, um, not on there a lot, but the pictures, little videos, little mini um They've replaced words with images. Images are what, how we, how we relate. And you ever heard the term a picture tells you know a picture's worth a thousand words? Well, yeah, but the Bible speaks in terms of words. So we had we have the Bible and the leading of the Holy Spirit communicating with us in the form of words. Jesus came down and communicated in the form of words. Lucifer, when he interacted with God in the very beginning, he interacted with words. Adam in the garden, he interacted with words. And those words were the directives of God. They were the directives of God. So when you think in terms of the believer and how we interact with God today, we interact with him in words. So when you go back to Lucifer, you got to know that his interaction with God was words. I'm the Lord God, I change not. And Lucifer, the Bible tells us, was the anointed cherub that covered. Now there's a theory that's been around for a long time that says that he covered the throne of God. 
Well, we don't see another example of that. And if, if that was the case, then from the moment he was created, that would have been his role. And then that means, so his role was forfeited. Who's covering the throne of God now? God doesn't need anybody covering the throne. He was the anointed heir. He was the anointed cherub that covered the earth. This earth was his assignment area. Now, we don't know what his real role was, but we know that he was involved with this earth and a lot of angels were under his charge. And he would go to the throne of God, and the Bible says, and he would bring back the words to those angels. And we know, and Ezekiel tells us, that by the multitude of thy traffic, you were corrupted. And I believe that we see Adam in the garden in a non-fallen state, and we talked about this in the fall. God had told him, you're not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He told Adam female, what? You're not to eat and you're not to touch. First thing he did was change those words. And I believe that Lucifer would walk on the stones of fire and he would hear the word of God to him and he would bring that word down to this earth and he would share it with the angels that were under his charge and I believe that he began to change it. He began to change what God was saying. Now, that was a theory for me for a long time, and then I started to run across it in some of the great writings that I was reading, and one of the things that, uh, that the anchor for that, that proved it to me, was when we were talking about the fall, did you notice that Adam and Eve are locked into their rebellion? That means Eve lusted with her eyes, sorry, Eve lusted with her eyes, she lusted with her flesh, and she perceived that it was able to make one wise pride adam committed treason so he was in open rebellion against the command of god he knew better decided that he didn't need god and chose independent self-rule now let's look at the human race they lust with their eyes they lust with their flesh and they're full of pride and the primary thing is, I will have no God over me. Man desires self-rule. Okay? So you see those, th- those four things that were present in Adam, male and female, when they rebelled. And those four rebellion, those four actions are locked into their nature. Okay? They're locked into their, that nature. And Lucifer... What is his nature? What does he oppose more than anything else? The word of God. When he came to the garden, the first thing he did was he changed the word of God. Hath God said that thou can't eat from any of the trees of the garden? First thing he did, first things out of his mouth was a perversion of the word of God. Look at his temptation of Jesus. The fir- the f- if thou be the son of God, Command these stones to be turned into bread. Immediately challenging the word of God. And do you notice that Jesus counteracted the, the challenge of God, the challenge of Satan against the word of God with the true word of God? And it's Satan departed? Because 
His goal is to pervert the word of God, but he has no power when the word of God is spoken. He has to flee from its presence. Eve couldn't tell, the, tell Satan to, to depart because she didn't have the word of God. Her word included the words, and neither shall we touch it. Remember Jesus? He said that you're, by your traditions, you have nullified the power of the word of God. You've taken away its power by, by your changing it. And I believe because of Lucer, uh, Satan's continuous attack against the word of God, that his original sin was perverting the word of God. The Bible says that he was corrupted by the multitude of his traffic. And so that word, I mean, that's strange, right? But if you look at trafficking, uh, you know, there's all kinds of different things that you can traffic in. Drug trafficker is someone who takes drugs from one place and he goes to another place. And, and distributes them. So you think about traffic on the road. It's like people moving from here and pe people moving over there. So I did a deep dive years ago in that word traffic, and that's essentially what it is, is you have, it's somebody who, who, who it, it, he, he commodity, you know, it, it, he takes some form of, form of a commodity, some sort of commodity, and he moves it around. That's a trafficker. And Lucifer was a trafficker. And what he trafficked in was the word of God. He was, I believe, the highest ranking angel of all the angels that God created. And he would come up to the throne of the stones of fire. He would be outside the veil. And he would hear the command of God. And he would take that command and then he would take it to the angels that were under his charge and then he they would they would obey that right the bible tells us in hebrews that they're messengers we see that all through the bible we see we see god sending angels as messengers michael and gabriel and i believe that that was satan's original role as lucifer that he was the trafficker in the, that he trafficked in the word of God, that he received the command of God and he distributed it amongst the angels. And at some point, he began to do exactly what Adam began to do in the garden. He knew in the garden exactly the time to approach Eve. He watched their distance from God grow daily. He watched them and watched them and watched them and he saw in them the same thing happening that had happened in his life. The question begins to emerge. Why do I need God? Why do I need him? I can self-rule. We see that where he says, I will ascend above the Most High, and he will serve me. That's vitally important. And I believe that at a certain point, there was a war in heaven. And Lucifer and his army of angels that had followed him in his rebellion, they tried to take over heaven. And they were cast down to this earth. And who knows? And the dinosaurs were on the earth. 
There was life all over this earth. This earth was teeming with life. And they, he originated sin. He originated it. He created sin. And when he repenetrated this earth, when he was cast down, the Bible says, I saw the great dragon falling and his tail grabbed a third of the stars with it and they came, were cast to the earth. When he was cast down here, into this realm was released a death principle. A death principle. And that death principle is called the law of sin and death. And everything here dies. Everything dies. I don't know if the dinosaurs were wiped out in one day or it took a thousand years. Couldn't tell you. But this earth began to come apart. This earth began to decay. That second law of thermodynamics of things moving from a state of order to disorder began. And it has continued. It has continued. It has not stopped from that day to this day. There's something that counteracts it. There's something that has power over it. And we're going to get to that in our next lesson. I want to thank you for joining me today on His Light and Life as we continue through the process or continue through this talk on the abyss, black holes and bottomless pits. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.